Chapter Six of Pixie O'Shaughnessy by Mrs. George Dehorn Vesey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. A Novel Amusement. During the weeks which followed, Pixie's prep became a byword among her companions, for no amount of goading seemed sufficient to keep her attention from roaming from her books during the hours when it was most necessary that she should give them her undivided attention however sturdily she might begin in ten minutes time her eyes were wandering about the room she was scribbling on the margin of her book or twisting her handkerchief into a new variety of rag doll the well-meaning kate finding frowns and nudges losing their effect resorted to more drastic measures such as the prick of a pin or a tug of the elf-like locks but the victim's howls and protestations not only disturbed her companions but took so long to pacify that the experiment had to be abandoned how pixie managed to sustain even her very low place in the class was a wonder to her companions but in truth she had an unusually quick brain so that when she chose to apply herself she learnt as much as slower girls would do in twice the time while her irish wit enabled her to place her scraps of knowledge in the most advantageous light and rescued her from awkward questionings nowhere was this faculty more marked than in french of which she knew the least yet in which subject she made the most rapid progress it was clear to a pair of uncommonly sharp eyes that miss phipps's leniency would some day come to an end and that she would then find herself in the position of being obliged either to speak french or not to speak at all to a born chatterbox the latter alternative seemed the acme of misery so it behooved her to prepare for speech before the dread verdict was given which she did in a manner astonishing to her companions of french grammar she had the poorest opinion but she was sharp as a magpie to pick up the phrases of others and store them for her own use the morning after mademoiselle had suffered from a headache pixie's handkerchief was soaked with offerings of eau de cologne from the various girls to whom she had repeated ejaculations of distress she discoursed exhaustively upon the weather to every one who could be induced to listen and recited exercise phrases to the school cat until her tongue grew quite nimble over the words mademoiselle was an object of intense interest and curiosity to her new pupil she was the first foreigner whom pixie had known and there was something in her dark eager face which arrested the child's attention mademoiselle was quick and nervous subject to fits of unreasonable irritation but at other times there was a sad far-away look in her eyes and then her voice would take a softer cadence so that when she said chérie one pupil at least forgot all the scoldings which had gone before pixie felt irresistibly drawn to mademoiselle in her bouts of depression she could not have explained the attraction but in her heart she felt that they were both exiles and that mademoiselle pined for her own sunny land even as she pined for the dear green isle which seemed so far away she longed for mademoiselle to notice her to show her some special mark of favour but longed in vain 
until at last a day dawned which brought her into notice in a manner which was scarcely to her liking it was a wet saturday afternoon and wet saturday afternoons are abominations to every boarding-school girl and the cause of endless grumblings and repinings ethel and kate had gone out to tea with an old maiden lady who lived in the neighbourhood and had still further deepened their friend's depression before departing by drawing a most roseate picture of the joys before them she is awfully kind they had explained of their hostess she gives you the most galumptious teas and the best part of it is she has an enormous appetite herself so you can eat as much as you like without fear of looking greedy no wonder the poor stay-at-homes looked glum after this no wonder they sighed with envy as they thought of the thick bread and butter in store for themselves the elder girls provided themselves with books and sat in rows before the fire while artistic spirits set themselves copies and filled up page after page of their sketching-books flora stitched on a table centre designed to be a birthday present for her mother and the younger girls clustered round pixie and besought her to think of some new means of amusement think of something pixie do it's so dull and we are sick of the stupid old games what do you do at home when it rained and you couldn't go out i've never seen it rain hard enough to keep me indoors if i wanted to be out returned pixie with a toss of the head but i've had fine fun indoors sometimes when i didn't feel disposed for exertion ratting in the barn is good sport or grooming the pony or feeding the animals and pretending it is the zoo but you can't do those things here it's hard to think of anything amusing when you are shut up in one room we can go out on the landing if we like i vote we do and be by ourselves the fifth forms are sure to tell us not to the moment we have thought of something nice come along now before they notice us no sooner said than done the little band of conspirators slipped from the room and stood without on the square landing five short-frocked girls all gazing eagerly confidently into the face of their leader pixie what shall we do pixie racked her brains in despair for not a single idea would come to her aid and yet to acknowledge such a want of invention would have been to forfeit her position and therefore not to be thought of for a second her eyes roamed from side to side and lit upon a table on which some working materials happened to be lying a basket a folded length of cloth and a roll of wide green binding such as was used to edge old-fashioned window curtains pixie looked at it thoughtfully fingered it to ascertain its weight shook it out to discover its length and cried eagerly just the thing might have been made for it would you like to see me lasso the next person who comes upstairs lasso the girls were not quite sure of the meaning of the word but pixie explained it suiting the action to the word a lasso was a rope with a noose at one end so and it was used to catch wild horses or anything else you happened to chase you stood with the rope gathered up in your hand so and then took aim and sent it flying out suddenly so pat could do it beautifully and he had taught her too but she could not always manage very well if you caught a girl from above she would be startled out of her wits and squeal like anything it would be splendid fun the next one then who came upstairs 
the girls were divided between horror and delight dared she really would it hurt what would miss phipps say did she really think she ought but their agitation acted as fuel to pixie's determination and she would only laugh and lean over the banisters experimenting with the long green rope and altering the length until it met with her approval five minutes passed and nobody appeared ten minutes and the conspirators were beginning to grow impatient when from below came the unmistakable sound of an ascending footstep the orders of the chief had been that when this happened her attendants were to withdraw to a safe distance so that no movement or sound of muffled laughter should warn the victim of her peril so the girls retreated obediently leaving pixie to crouch on the floor until the eventful moment when a head appeared on the landing six steps below it came the top of a smooth brown head and on the moment out flew the rope whirled into space with a skilful jerk which sent the noose flying wide and with an accuracy of aim which brought it right round the neck of the newcomer she squealed indeed but horror of horrors she squealed in french with such staccato o's and ahs of astonishment as only could have come from one person in the house it was mademoiselle herself and lifting her glance she beheld six horrified faces peering at her over the banisters six pairs of startled eyes six mouths agape with dismay she looked and then as it seemed with one stride was in their midst with her hands gripping pixie by the shoulders now it happened that mademoiselle was in her most irritable mood this afternoon for all day long she had been struggling against what for convenience sake she called a headache but which might more honestly have been described as a heartache instead a teacher cannot explain to thirty pupils that she has received a letter from home which has seemed to drop a veil before the sky but such letters come all the same and make it difficult to bear the hundred and one little annoyances and trials of temper which fall to her lot mademoiselle's letter had told of the illness of a beloved father and as she dare not sit down and have a good cry to relieve her feelings she was in a pent-up state of nerves which made her the worst possible subject for a practical joke the rope in pixie's hand marked her out as the principal offender and she was called to order in a breathless stream of french which left her dumb and bewildered i can't understand she stammered and mademoiselle struggled to express herself in sufficiently expressive english you bad girl you rude bad girl what have you done what you mean by playing your tricks on me i will not have it i will complain to miss phipps how dare you throw your strings about me to catch me as i come upstairs impertinent disobedient please mademoiselle it was a lasso i didn't know it was you i said i would do it to the first person who came and i didn't see your face it was only a joke a joke you catch me by the throat you hang me by the neck and you call it a joke you wicked impertinent girl you shall be punished for this pixie heaved a sigh so sepulchral that it might also have been called a groan instead oh it's just my luck 
she said dismally when i tried to show off before pat and the girls i couldn't do it one time in a hundred and just now when i'd have no credit but only get into trouble i caught you the very first try did she mean to be impertinent mademoiselle looked down with sharp suspicion but even in her excited condition she could not mistake that downcast look and troubled disconsolate frown her voice grew a trifle less sharp but she was very angry still you ought to be ashamed playing such tricks it is always the same thing there is no peace since you have come these girls were quite good and mild but you make them as wild as yourself i will teach you to behave better you will come with me to the schoolroom and write out a verb i will mademoiselle said pixie meekly so meekly that her companions fondly hoped that such exemplary submission would win forgiveness but no mademoiselle flounced downstairs and pixie followed at her heels to seat herself in solitary state at one end of the deserted classroom while mademoiselle took possession of the desk and began to correct a pile of exercise books to write out a verb is not as a rule a very lengthy matter but mademoiselle's punishment verbs had invariably a phrase attached which gave to them an added appropriateness but very much lengthened the task i am sorry that i was rude to mademoiselle was the verb which poor pixie was to-day condemned to conjugate and the big straggling sentences amplified the statement until it seemed impossible to express it in any other way i am sorry that i was rude to mademoiselle i was sorry that i was rude to mademoiselle i shall or will be sorry that i was rude to mademoiselle at intervals of every two or three minutes mademoiselle glanced from her work to the little figure at the other end of the room but each time pixie's head was bent over her task and the wandering eyes were glued to their task such industry seemed so unnatural that the onlooker became first puzzled and then uneasy and at last resorted to coughing and moving about in her chair in order to satisfy curiosity in vain pixie's head went down lower than ever and the pen scratched away without a moment's cessation for she was enduring that unreasoning panic of fear which sensitive children suffer when they are in disgrace with their elders she had been brought up in an atmosphere of tender indulgence had been the adored baby of the household who had never heard the sound of an angry voice so that now to sit alone in a room with a person whom she had displeased reduced her to a condition of trembling fear her eyelids felt weighed down a lump rose in her throat and she trembled as with cold and then presently the dreaded voice spoke again and mademoiselle said pixie come here bring your verb the wretched scribe had not yet finished her conjugation being about imperatively to command herself to be sorry that she had been rude to mademoiselle but she was too nervous to explain and stood twisting her hands together and staring at the carpet while mademoiselle turned over the pages she bit her lips once or twice as she read and her eyes twinkled but pixie did not see that and the voice which spoke sounded alarmingly stern it is well badly written you make your letters too big and such blots 
i cannot have such blots what have you been doing to make such blots as these they are not blots please mademoiselle they are only only what then spots spots echoed mademoiselle blankly spots blots blots spots i do not understand what is then the difference between blots and spots blots is made with ink when pixie was agitated as at the present moment grammar was by no means her strong point and spots is made with with eh bien and with what then tears came the answer in the softest echo of a voice and mademoiselle looked down at the woe-begone face with startled eyes tears your tears but why should you cry it is not so dreadful to write a verb i might have given you worse punishment than that perhaps it was because you had missed the afternoon with your friends i cannot think a girl of your age should cry over a simple verb i thought it was a very elaborate verb said pixie faintly but it wasn't that that made me cry it was hurting your feelings mademoiselle mademoiselle leant back into her chair and looked intently at the shrinking figure look up shelley she said softly and pixie's fear fell from her like a mantle she saw a hand outstretched and clasped it eagerly i never meant to hang you mademoiselle it was only a joke the girls asked me to amuse them and we think it fine sport to lasso one another at home how was i to know it would be you when i gave my word i would catch the first one that came upstairs i didn't mean to be impertinent but ma petite you should not play such tricks at all mademoiselle shook her head but she was smiling as she spoke for she was beginning to realize that no disrespect had been meant to herself and that she had been unduly stern in her denunciations it is not the thing for a young lady at school it is only for wild how do you call them cowboys out on the prairie if you do it at home it is not my affair but if your father should see you some day he must be shocked like me i'm the youngest of six and me father won't have me thwarted sighed pixie lapsing into her brogue as she usually did when agitated nobody's ever angry with me at bally william i get into mischief the day long and it's all quite happy and comfortable if i'm quiet and well behaved bridgie is after giving me a mixture for says she the child's ill there's not been a sound out of her this day i wish i was back in me own country mademoiselle and then i shouldn't trouble you any more i wish i was back in my country too sighed the other softly and two big tears started in the brown eyes and trickled slowly down the cheeks my father is ill and needs me and i cannot be with him i feel as if i could have wings and fly i long so much to go but i must stay here and work my art is very sad and sometimes i get cross too cross perhaps because i cannot bear any more then you girls talk amongst yourselves and say how she is bad-tempered that mademoiselle how she is cross and strict that is what you say very often n'est-ce pas we do replied pixie frankly it was one of the irishisms which amused her companions that she never by any chance gave a simple yes or no in reply to a question it was always i am i will 
i do as the case might be we do she replied now and then hastened to soften the admission by coaxing but i wouldn't be troubling meself about that if i were you for they don't mind it a bit i drew a picture of you the other day with a bubble coming out of your mouth and bow wow wow written on it like a dog because you are always barking but there isn't a bite in ye and all the girls say you aren't half as bad as the mademoiselle who was here before well there are some conditions of mind when we are thankful for the smallest grain of comfort and mademoiselle smiled and flicked the tears from her eyes they are too kind i am much obliged but another time when i bark as you call it you will perhaps remember that your teachers are like yourselves and have the same feelings when you come first to school you have to be comforted because you are homesick but we are homesick too and when you get bad news you cry and are excused from your work but we must go on the same as before and if it is difficult to learn your lessons it is also difficult to teach well now you may go you will remember not to be rude to mademoiselle again eh she held out her hand smiling more brightly this time and pixie seized it eagerly i will and i hope your father will get well soon you will see him at christmas and that isn't very long now only forty-eight days to-morrow i mark them off on my calendar no that is so sad i shall not see him till summer he is going to my brother in italy where it is warm and sunny and it is too far for me to go there with him it costs too much money and the little house in paris will be shut up till he returns so i must stay in england all through the dark long winter when the sun never shines and i shiver 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 all day and all night i shall forget what it is like to be warm before the spring arrives pixie rubbed the cold hands with a sympathetic touch but she made no remark and presently went from the schoolroom to rejoin her companions and make the most of the hours which still remained while mademoiselle went wearily on with the task of correction she forgot all about her own complaints of cold but when she retired to bed that night a delightful surprise was in store for the sheets were warm instead of cold and her chilled feet came in contact with something soft and hot which proved upon examination to be an india-rubber water-bottle encased in a flannel bag mademoiselle drew a long gasp of rapture and nestled down again with a feeling of comfort to which she had long been a stranger a day or two earlier miss phipps had spoken of the necessity of putting more coverings on the beds as the frost had set in unusually early and mademoiselle sleepily attributed this new comfort as another instance of the principal's consideration for her assistance she felt certain that it must be so as night after night the welcome warmth was in waiting and more than once determined to express her appreciation but life was busy and there was such an accumulation of work as the period of examination approached that there seemed to be no time to speak of anything but school affairs End of chapter 6